what I am about to say could very well change your life because it changes your hair. <laughs> we all know how much I how much I love my hair. I've invested quite a bit of time and effort over the years into taking care of my hair and trying to figure out why is it thinning? It's been a little bit more dry. And honestly, some of that stuff just happens as we age. And if that is you, you need to look at two things. One is your pillowcases and the other is what are you using to pull back your hair specifically when you sleep? First, if you're using a cotton pillowcase, get rid of it. They actually absorb moisture and can dry out your skin and hair. If you've ever woken up with frizzy hair or a bunch of sheet marks, that's because of the cotton. So I recently made the upgrade to 100% mulberry silk pillowcases from a brand called Blissey. Silk actually reduces frizz and tangles and prevents breakages because it keeps the moisture in your hair. And get this, if you're doing a skincare routine at night... But then sleeping on cotton, that cotton is actually absorbing your skincare. Not cool. No thank you, cotton. (laughs) And if you pull back your hair, like me or my daughter, stop using elastic hair ties. Elastic can cause more breakage. It causes a horrible crease. And Blissey makes these amazing small silk hair ties. I use them every single night. I just got the pink tie-dye ones. And I can actually shower, do my hair the day before, use a silk hair tie at night, and then there's no crease or frizz. The next morning, it's seriously like magic. Blissey sells 100% mulberry silk pillowcases and accessories. They are naturally hypoallergenic, cooling, and unlike other silk pillowcases, Blissey's are machine washable, which is why I went with them. Blissey silk pillowcases are the best ones on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men love them too. My husband has one. They have over 1.5 million raving fans, and I am one of them. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissey.com forward slash well-fed and get an additional 30% off. That's blissey, B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com forward slash well-fed and use the code well-fed to get an additional 30% off. You'll wake up feeling better than ever and so will your hair. You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com. And you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. I'm here with Stephanie Rupert today. This is episode number 447. And this is a big one because we get a pretty big update on where in the world is Stephanie The last time I recorded with you, I would have never guessed you are where you are right now. So tell me how you got there. Hi, Noelle. Hi. How's it going? Um, I don't remember where we left off in the saga of my, what do we even call the the way my life meanders? journey. I don't remember where we left off. Um, My visa application was denied twice. Everybody says, but why do they tell you why? I'm like, yes, they are not shy about telling you why I am not talented enough. They told me twice. Really? (laughs) They said, you are not talented enough. I said, but wait, are you sure? And they said, yes, we're very sure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No. Um, I think I'm happy to share that on the podcast. Um, So, I mean, the UK has several different kinds of visas and I applied for one on the basis of talent. 
it's like a, called a global talent visa. Um, and I was uh, I was denied on on those grounds, uh, which is uh, everybody in my life was surprised, including you know all of the people involved in helping me put together that application. And there's no real way to know how and why they concluded that, uh, and the influence that all those various academies and institutions are under and the pressure they're under and all those kinds of things. And you never know whose desk you're going to land on and all that kind of stuff. So I found that out. I had initially um, been, been on a, like a short-term visitor kind of visa and needed to leave the country by a certain date. And I had initially thought that I would leave the country, go provide my fingerprints, which you have, you have to leave the country to do that. Like go provide my fingerprints and stuff, get an official. Okay. And then come back and thought I would like be there. (laughs) Um, And then uh, instead I had to like, I had a few days before that deadline when I finally found this out. And so I like packed up and left. I left half of my stuff there. Like I just, I packed a suitcase with the most important things and uh, moved out of my room, left all my stuff like scattered with my friends. It was like, bye, (laughs) gotta go, bye. (laughs) So I went to Boston and then uh, I needed to think about where to land next. And I had some options like around the world. I was thinking about going to Sydney. I was thinking about going to Auckland, New Zealand. Um, I was really fortunate to have some connections I could explore in those places, which is wild. But I really just wanted to like be somewhere and not, I can, and not be fighting for a visa. (laughs) I can, I can go travel to those places at any time. And I, I just, I really wanted to find a place to rest where I could do good work and rest. And I wanted to be on the East coast and I have all these like reasons. And I was thinking about like popping down to Durham, North Carolina to visit some organizations here and see what's going on. And I happened to know that I had a friend of a friend who was like highly recommended in like a church community and and different kinds of organizations I wanted to talk to. And so I was going to pop down to North Carolina while I was like going to other places as well. And then so weirdly, I was walking down the street in Boston to go get coffee with staying with this totally kind person who stepped up for me last minute. It was just wonderful walking down the street. And I see this teal car that has a bunch of miles on it. And it's like the perfect shade of teal. Because like, <laughs> that's what that's what yeah. matters. <laughs> well, it just like it really caught me. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And it was exactly the amount of money that I had set aside to pay for my immigration fees in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I texted the person and then I ended up instead of flying down, I could, I had, I could cancel and get my points back. Instead of flying down to North Carolina, I drove. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm just going to like drive down on like the hunch that I think this is maybe somewhere I want to be. Then I got here and just like all of these wonderful doors started flying open and like things started happening. And I am experiencing it as the most wonderful place. I'm staying with a friend of a friend of a friend who's now a friend and <laughs> they're so wonderful. And there's a lake nearby and I'm within driving distance of all of these amazing places and people are warm and a lot of places talk a big talk about community, but I feel like it's really real here. And I've decided to just like be, and I've signed up to like volunteer and the trees are really tall and the sky is always blue. And I just love it. (laughs) 
Um, although I received an email yesterday that suggested to me I may be flying off again. So it's just wild. I'm yeah. currently in North Carolina. We do not know. We do not know what's going to happen next, but I really love it here. I love it. If you're in Durham, hit me up. <laughs> but I barely go on Instagram anymore. So, okay. What's the, well, first, let me say this. I'm so happy for you. I think it's so cool. I spent the majority of my adult life in North Carolina. That's why I say it's so funny. So I went to school just below Charlotte. I met Ken obviously in Wilmington when he was at Camp Lejeune. Like we've been there a long time. I did some work in Raleigh for a while because of the, comp- the company that I was working for. So when you're like, I'm going to North Carolina, I was like, no, you're not. What are you talking about? I just, to, to me, you are like, you were like a Northern person or West, like you just, you've ha- I don't know. To me, so it just, much it's, better here. I know. <laughs> I just like, I can't, I'm so sorry. Like all y'all in the, in the Northeast, I but I know something, I, something about it feels like home in a way that um, being more North on the coast just never did for me. I don't know. It's, it's life is still happening, but it's less, frenetic i don't know like the rat race is less heavy or yeah something. for sure you yes. know it's amazing i'm like yes i'm here <laughs> i love it i love that for you and i love that you're getting a taste of something totally different that you've never had in your entire life um last time we recorded you were for sure down like down and i picked up on it we hadn't talked because we had to jump on but i knew you were waiting to hear back and we had jumped on and I think like maybe a little bit into the podcast, I was like, mm, something didn't go right, right? Because <laughs> like, even like now, and I remember I listened back and I edited a little bit of it and I was like, oh man, she is down. Like, so <laughs> not, not to like poke fun, but like you were just not your typical, like jovial, jokey self. You were just not right. in it. And it's no, fine no. because that's what life is. Um, so yeah, in 500 episodes, like you, a little bit of you grace. show up for me. Yeah, you showed up for me and you were like, no, we'll do it. But you were like, literally, you just found out and then you were about to. Um, I was about to leave. Yeah, about to leave. And like, you had no idea what was going on. So it's good to see that juxtaposition. Like now you're on the other side of it. You're still learning. You're still figuring it out. But at least you have hope. And um like you said, some doors are open and stuff like that. So I'm so I'm excited for you and I'm excited to see what's next and see you. Like I was like, wait a second. We're like literally touching states. Like okay, now what do we do? So we'll figure something out. Yeah, but, for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're gonna hang out. So you're going back um in a couple days, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm heading back to Oxford to like pick up my stuff. But some meetings have just put, been put on my plate. I don't know what's what. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Please note, podcast audience, that Steph just hung her head and shook it wryly. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Like, I keep leaving things places. I'm like, I'm going to go back and pick them up. Like, I just... <laughs> okay, so why? So then you moved. You're like, I'm in Durham. So I was watching your stories and I do this thing and I'm sure everybody's picked up on it where I have like three days a week that I'm on Instagram and that's when I post and that's when I show up in stories and that's when I'm like stalking my friends. So you're always, you come up first in my like story circles whenever you do post. And so I, you were like, oh my gosh, this coffee shop's awesome. Like you were posting these like cool little Durham spots and then you vanished into thin air. 
And then you text, you were like, what's your phone number? I'm never on Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, first of all, we actually get to text, which is cool. But like, where, why have you disappeared? Why, why no social media? I mean, I think, I think things have been so tumultuous for me. And you know, I'm an introvert, like anytime I'm on the apps, (laughs) you know, and it's just, it's been like, it, it does take like emotional energy. And I, for so much of the last several years, I've always felt like I needed to be available to people. And this has really sort of just pushed me to like, not, <laughs> I can't always, I can't always be available all the time. And it's really good for me to like, I, I've clicked open the app a couple of times to message specific people to like search your name. Like, I don't want to look at my DMs. I like search your name and click in your profile. So I don't see the other messages I've pending. Um, yeah. And, and, and so there's, there's been that. And I just, I don't know. I'm really, I have so much to mull over in my head. It, everything just feels really distracting. And so what I'm doing mostly is, I mean, I'm, I'm still working. I've got, I've got a lot of work to do. Um, and I like wake up at five and work out and like start working by six. And I know I'm in my mid thirties now. And that's what I do. I know. I know. I woke up the other day at four 45. I was like, well, I went to bed at eight 45. So wait, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Things I never thought I would. Hear um, you say. Yeah. And then like, I'd like there's big trees and a lake nearby. And so I just go walk laps around the lake and let things settle. And I just, I don't, And I think also social media feels kind of related to me to this whole, man, I just, I tried so hard to make like a push and tried so hard to make certain things work and to like participate in the rat race and Mm -hmm. um, make sure that I'm doing this and hitting these targets and staying available in X, Y, and Z kind of ways. And again, I'm just kind of like, like I just let it all go. Um, And it's been really, 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 um, really great, really great. So I'm just letting it sit, you know? Uh, we'll see. I, I, I have like hovered over the delete button. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always add it back. But I, I find that so what like such good self awareness because you know that your nervous system is already like overstimulated with mulling over all of these big changes. There's a lot in the air, and you said it's a distraction. So sometimes we can numb or forget and not deal. And, you know, instead of saying, I'm going to remove myself and not deal with it, you're like, I'm going to actually give myself more space to deal with it, give my nervous system more space to deal with it so that I can actually take this on with a clear head versus like clouded, you know, clouded space. So I, I love that. Thank Um, you. I feel like a, like a sieve or a cheesecloth or something. I don't, I just Mm -hmm. like, um, yeah. Like I have to, like, I have to, um, it's completely unappealing to me <laughs> to like, to, to be taking in any kind of content. I do not want to consume any content. I just like, <laughs> like no content. I don't even want to look at videos of cats doing cute things. I want no content. I have been watching Ted Lasso and I did watch Pride and Prejudice recently. Oh, um, good one. That's classic. So, um, but, but like, you know, yeah. Anyway, how are you doing? (laughs) So smart, Stephanie Rupert. I just, you just blow me away. You constantly do. I love this season for you. And it's just, it's just really cool to see. I'm fantastic. Um, you probably didn't see this. I scratched my cornea. Did you see that? Um, Or I took off a piece um, of it. 
I haven't been on Instagram at all. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let me get you up to speed. Um, <laughs> under 60 seconds. Um, I, this, this is y'all. Wow. I was flossing my daughter's teeth. She got in the ALF device, which I know a lot of people um, have been asking me a ton of questions about that. And I may just like do a short episode separate and like keep everybody up to date with what's going on. Cause I know some of you care and some of you don't, but it's um, a light wear appliance. It's going to widen her, the, the palette on the top. She has a very high palette and it's causing dark circles and sneezing constantly in the morning, the poor child. Um, sinus issues or tonsils are large because when you're a mouth breather, you're breathing in allergens through your mouth, not your nose, and it's not being filtered. Um, restless sleep, you know, sn- like heavier snoring ish. And over time, that can turn into sleep apnea and all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to tackle it in or tackle it early on. She got the ALF device in. This is the week before school started. She was kind of complaining about it. You can't floss one of the back teeth. So I've been doing her flossing for her. She also is losing teeth, getting new teeth in. So you know how like those front two teeth on the bottom, you kind of get the buildup from your saliva. There's like sometimes like deposits and stuff. Well, she had not been flossing that because those two teeth are brand new and they've been coming up. And so I was like, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to do your flossing from for the next few weeks and then we'll go over how to do it. And we have a water pick and stuff. So I was flossing, something flew out of her eye, literally took, shaved off a piece of my cornea. I like jumped back and closed my eyes and I was like, oh my gosh, like it I just was like the most intense. And then I like tried to open my eyes and we found the little piece luckily. And they were like, oh yeah, it's on your, it's on your eyelash, mom. So wait, wait, it flew. You said it flew out of her eye. It flew out of her mouth. Oh, sorry. It flew out of her mouth into my eye. So it flew out of her teeth. Wow. It was a little piece of floss. Like I was flossing, flew off the floss into my eye, took a shaved off a piece of my cornea. Didn't really think about it. Watch TV, you know, hung out, went to bed, woke up at like four or five. Oh and I tried to open my eye and it was like razor blades. And I was like, oh my gosh, so I started yeah. <laughs> hyperventilating, almost passed out Um, because I just knew went downstairs and I was like, I'm going to pass out. And Ken was like, okay, just get on the ground. <laughs> he had no idea. I didn't even tell him what had happened. So he was like, huh? Good morning. <laughs> so wow. I, I'm laying on the couch. It's getting brighter outside. As it's getting brighter, I'm getting in more and more pain. And I was like, I am in so much pain. And then Ken was like, I have to go to work. I'm sorry. And I was like, I don't think you get what's going on here. So I said, why don't you go ahead and look up what this means? So then he started looking it up and reading it. And then he was like, oh, crap. He's like, we, we got to either take you to the ER or the eye doctor. So anyway, ended up getting in with an eye doctor who very gentle, very wonderful. He's actually an eye doctor for Warby Parker and I cannot stand eye stuff. So I went in there and I said, you need to treat me like a toddler. Don't show me your eye diagrams. Don't tell me complications. I will pass out. So he was like, you're doing a great job. Like he was like, he was like, I have this Q-tip in my hand. I'm not going to bring it towards you. Cause like, I mean, anything he put in his hands, I was like, what are you doing to me? Um, very kind. He, I've never been more thankful for steroid drops and antibiotic goo in my life. It was pretty much healed within like 72 hours, but I was like in bed, closing my eyes for a while. Um, 
So that was that. That's basically my update. My kid is in school. Uh, my second one's going next week, and it's just been a little bit crazy. It's been very. The season's been very overwhelming for me. I've been doing less uh, work wise and more mom wise because my husband now is um, in charge of the race course, which is very cool for the Marine Corps Marathon. That that is a full time gig. He has to drive an hour, and so I've been trying to navigate. Somebody asked me recently, like, how do you do, how do you do like the work? And then also being the mom. And I was like, not very well, <laughs> like not very well, <laughs> still trying to figure it out. So I definitely, I just, I, I admire you and what you've been saying. Like, you know, you, you got to take your time away um, because I feel like that's not my inclination. My inclination is to be like, how can I fit more in and be more efficient? Mm. And it just doesn't work well doesn't work well. So I've had to cut out things, which I'm happy about. I'm not doing recipes anymore for now. Like I've, I was like, okay, Noel, this is what you, you yeah. got to do it. Um, and that gave me some more time and, and just pulling back on little things here or there, but I am excited about stuff that I'm working on. And I think that's the hard part is you get excited and you want to do things, but you can't, you cannot do it all. I, you know, I hate to break it to you, all those things. Oh, you can have it all. You can't, you can't, um, it's going to kill you. So I've just been trying to figure out where, how, where do I want to put my time most and how can I be more patient and present mm. in all the things that I do? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge for me right now. Somebody said to me 15 years ago, I'll never forget. You can do anything you want, but not everything you want. Yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice sentence. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot recently about like, there's a level of stress that I and we like can all tolerate. And for whatever reason, <laughs> we like I like always historically constantly filled my life up to that line. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, right. why stop? Move to North Carolina. Take a deep breath. Go look at the big trees. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, I, move I, to I, North I, Carolina. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I don't know who knows, but, uh, yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I appreciate that. And it is, it is really hard. Like, yeah, not, not doing all the things, but at the same time, it's nice. You know, like yeah. a lot of people complain that older humans drive slowly, you know, walk a little bit more slowly and stuff. Yeah. The truth is like, they just figured it out. Why are you trying to get somewhere super quick? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it, it takes a really long time for people in our society to learn that lesson. I think a lot of us anyway, where are we in such a hurry to get to? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, are you ready to talk about protein? I love how to get more protein. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have in your mug there? Actually? Um, it's tea because okay. I started drinking coffee at 6 a.m. Um, ginger peach turmeric tea. Mm. I got this mug at a cafe in Greensboro, North Carolina. My first day here in North Carolina, I found this like super cool shop that's run by like, you know, adults with, um, Oh, special needs. Cognitive. I saw that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that one. That's really cool. And it was in my palette and I was like, excuse me, I need a mug. Yeah. <laughs> I just moved here and I need a mug. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's like the one thing nobody needs. Cause we all have tons of them. And you're like, actually I do just moved here. I need something to drink my tea out of. I need one cup. I have one little like fold up sporky thing that I carry <laughs> in my purse. That's it. That's awesome. You can put, you, you can eat anything in here. I put my eggs true. in here. I put my cereal in here. <laughs> so true. 
<laughs> That's efficiency, folks. Now that I am approaching 40, I have been using adaptogens to manage stress, lack of sleep, and random period issues when I haven't slept because my kids woke me up multiple times or I'm dealing with a stressful deadline or work situation. I always supplement with ashwagandha mid-morning to help my body manage the stress or the lack of sleep. I also love Vitex or Chasteberry. There is so much research on how it can help relieve PMS symptoms like headaches and mood changes or even cycle irregularities. And the only place I get adaptogen blends is Organifi. They have clinical doses of adaptogen blends, and they make them in really good tasting drinks. Adaptogens are herbs and functional mushrooms that help your body adapt to stress. Research shows adaptogens can balance cortisol, combat fatigue, enhance focus, ease depression and anxiety, and support proper hormone function. I like to take the green juice, which has ashwagandha mid-morning, and I take gold every night before bed. It's my nightcap with reishi. I just mix it with hot water and it helps me relax. And starting in September of 2023, they now have gold pumpkin spice, which is my absolute favorite. I would drink it year-round if they made it available. It's only available for a few months, so get it now. Support your body, energy, immunity, and stress with Organifi. Organifi takes pride in offering the best-tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. These are clinical doses of adaptogens, so you actually feel the difference. Go to Organifi.com forward slash well-fed and use code well-fed for 20% off. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash well-fed and use coupon code well-fed for 20% off. Okay. Okay. Protein. Speaking protein. So first we're, we're going to dive into question. Number one is from Ashley and Jeff and Lashana, a couple other people. I get this question a lot. We actually didn't get to address this question. I did a big protein episode with a guest and we didn't get to address this, but I always get this question. How do you get how like tell me how to make this work so how do you actually increase your protein intake what does that look like ashley says can you give me some real life examples of a plan to increase protein intake and actual high protein meals jeff and lashana said i'm aiming for 150 grams of protein per nutritionist recommendation recommendation and desperately need ideas help so i think steph one of the things that we have tried to talk about a little bit is kind of unpacking this idea, like obviously our society has, we build our caloric intake, I think, especially breakfast and all that kind of stuff, more around these conventional ideas of what meals look like, whereas you can actually just eat ground beef in the morning. <laughs> you know, like you can actually eat leftovers in the morning, even though it's unconventional, That's um, that can that can be done and it can be really helpful and nourishing and yummy. So um, talk to me a little bit about because I think you are kind of, or you were on a protein kick, but I want to know how you're kind of navigating, especially your diet now in, in North Carolina and how you try to focus on upping your protein intake. I will say the norms in this state about sugar are wild. It's everywhere. It's wild. Yeah. Um, and and I'm I'm new here and it, that was just, I don't have a lot of experiences, but, it, or like, it, I don't know, there's lots of dessert. Anyway, so um it's really fun. It's just, it's always very funny to me because I'm, I actually have to try to not get too much protein. Um, mm -hmm. because I, my, my, my genuine question is what is, what is everybody eating that isn't protein? It, 
Interesting, Stephanie. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I have to reach for that kind of thing. And I even like, I include cereal in my life, but even then I like always eat high protein cereal. And like, <laughs> and I'm just doing like in cereal is, um, it's something that I, that I'm doing because I enjoy it. I know it's not the most nutritious food, you know? Right. Um, so I think of protein for me, I think of protein as like in tears, <laughs> there's high protein foods, which are like animal meat, organ products and eggs are included in that fish, eggs, meat, chicken, whatever, all the stuff, liver, it's all up there, super high protein food. And then there's like medium protein food, which involves cheese, milk, legumes, I guess, nuts, medium protein food. Um, they're not, typically not complete proteins, but if I like, you know, cause I could go, I could be on a kick for something like a pistachio kick or like a cheese kick or what have you. And I'm accidentally eating a ton of protein, right. Or like cottage cheese, like lots of protein. So those are like my medium range protein foods. And then there's like more or less zero protein foods and vegetables do have some, you know, but like vegetables, starches, fruits, and then I guess like all the other stuff, people, most, most grains. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and like grains, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're, grains, they're obviously. yeah. Um, and then like all sorts of processed, whatever, you know? And, and, and so that's like, yeah. And, and I would divide those between the ones that I think are quite healthy and full of antioxidants and vitamin minerals and obviously ones that are not, but so I, I don't know, like I eat a nice uh, palette, I think of those three things, right? So I wake up and I have right now, and I love this so much data has shown that people like eating eggs in the morning is just like fantastic for energy and for appetite. Um, I batch hard boiled eggs and I eat four for breakfast every morning. Oh my gosh. It's not, it's it's 280 calories. Like it's nothing, like, it's you know, so it's really funny and, and it's not that much protein. It's not like, it's, it's very, yeah. you know what I mean? It's very funny because people, sometimes people have like two eggs for breakfast and, and, and a piece of toast. And they're like, that was breakfast. I'm like, well, yeah, sure. But it was just a few hundred calories. Yeah, like, no, totally. It's equivalent to eating an avocado or a few spoons of guac, you know? And so um, not to like have a strong reaction, but it's funny because people are like, wow, four eggs. And I'm like, actually it's, it's less, it's less, less protein than like a can of tuna. It's about the same, I guess. I just can't you know, so, taste wise. Okay. So we scramble our eggs in the morning and I get to a place where I'm like, I can't eat any more eggs. That's why so you I like, have that, that reaction. Oh, I see. Oh no, I love them. And I just like, I literally just sprinkle them with salt and I eat them slowly. Cause I work while I eat. Um, yeah. and I drink, I do have coffee. I have a large coffee with whole milk. Is whole milk. Okay. Yes, please. Always. Thank you. <laughs> Big fan of whole milk over here. Um, so. And that's like, that's the start of my day, almost every day, whole milk and eggs. And every once in a while, I'll have like a croissant because why not? Because most of the time I'm eating whole milk and eggs. <laughs> and then, and then like the rest of my diet is um, like, I draw from the, you know, from the mix of, of medium and, and, and low range um, protein foods. But with my diet being built the way it is, like, I do have to be careful um, that, that I don't end up eating, you know, too, too much protein. If I could, I would eat more eggs. <laughs> I don't doubt it. No, I love, I do love that because I feel like we need to normalize being a, like eating more eggs for breakfast because you're right. It's actually not a very calorically dense food. So if you're eating two eggs, like 
that's like, what do you like a hundred calorie pack, you know, like you yeah, put it it's in like a, it's like a Luna bar, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just not much. It's not, it's, it's not much food. I am. Yeah. So quick about food norms, quick story. I, um, I met up with some of my new North Carolina friends at a Wegmans. I now know what Wegmans is. Oh, wow. Wegmans really? Is, you didn't know what it was before? No, we didn't. We, they don't have them in Michigan. Wegmans has a little, like a little train and it's got a, like a rooster that like comes out of the clock. And that's how, you know, you're in like a country supermarket. Cause that's what they do. That's awesome. anyway, so, <laughs> um, we met at a Wegmans and like everybody just got their own food and like went in the cafe and ate. And I couldn't find something that didn't have natural flavors or spices on the label. And that scares me because I don't like MSG like at all. Yeah. And so I like I found a guacamole and I bought a bro- guacamole in a bag of like chopped broccoli heads bits. And yeah. Bits. And then I just like went like I dipped my broccoli, my cauliflower, and my guacamole. And people were like, Steph, like, what's up with your dinner? And I was like, well, you're having pizza. Like, what's up with your dinner? <laughs> But it's another one of those things. It's a presumption that what I'm doing is weird, but I'm eating like an extremely nutritious yeah, mix of micro and macronutrients. And and so why is what I'm doing weird? Like I literally, I don't understand. Like I just build my life out of things that I think are healthy and taste good. What's wrong with that? <laughs> so, you know, and, and not to malign pizza because that's an appropriate dinner for, you know, sometimes too. But my point is like, what is our standard of normal here? What do we, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, go on. How do you get protein? <laughs> As you take a sip of your tea. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think we need to normalize more eggs, normalize eating vegetables and guac. Cause you know what? When you said that, I was like, I do that. I take broccoli and do. I dip it in guacamole and it's really good. Literally- oh, broccoli is the, I, I will, I will, good vehicle. I will die on. Broccoli is the superior dipping vegetable. I it's would agree. Great surface area. Yes. And it's like crunch. You can get like a little bit of crunch, but like it's like fluffy crunch. Like it's re- it pairs really good. Even like a little bit of like, like for my kids, I'll put a little like I'll dip. I'm like, just dip it in peanut butter. You know, like you literally can do anything with it. Um, and, and carrots are like wet and can get weird soggy. Like I just, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I just, <laughs> Yeah. And I, I've had a lot of fights about this. Almost as many fights as I've had about Celsius versus Fahrenheit, which is something we can discuss sometime, but I got opinions about that. Oh no. So, so did your friends accept your, um, your broccoli dipping? They were like, uh, okay. And I was like, would you like to dip your fries in my guac? And they were like, oh yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have any of the broccoli though. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Broccoli is a superior dipping vegetable. I have to agree. Um, that's the hill I'll die on with you. Together. Put in your reviews, friends. <laughs> What's your favorite dipping vegetable? Um, try, to us, try to convince us if you got a better I, option. 100%. Okay, so getting enough protein. Okay, so I think, one, I think we have to think about uh, breakfast differently. Again, societal norms, what do we think of? And there's a whole history there of like, how did we start eating cereal for breakfast? Like it used to be protein heavy, uh, calorically dense, like a big breakfast, sausage, yeah. meats, um, eggs, yeah. eggs, you know, what we smoke salmon, like, a, like big breakfasts and some, yeah, toast, avocado, whatever. And then it moved to basically cereal, like crunchy processed grains. 
And I'm sure most of you listening have, have you know, heard that history and when that shift happened. So I, I just think sometimes it takes stepping back and saying, okay, how can I kind of step out of what is socially norm, normal and acceptable and eat the things that taste good or work good for me? I do think eating one egg or two eggs in the morning is not enough. So if you need to eat three or even four, you know, that's okay. You can, <laughs> or five, it's fine stuff. Um, I think another thing that you can do is cook, eat, like chicken sausages go over real well in my house. So we tend to have like chicken and apple sausages or just those plain chicken sausages. You can kind of cook those in bulk. So if you just need get in a, in a routine. And I think the ticket here is like being prepared, thinking ahead and cooking things in bulk. So if you want to cook some chicken sausages in bulk, maybe you do that every three days or something where you're cooking six or eight on the grill or just in the pan and you're sectioning those away. You can have some eggs, you can have some chicken sausage. You can also just like sh have shredded chicken and like throw that into an omelet. You can take like whatever leftovers you have. So if it's ground beef or whatever, you can throw that into a scramble with some spinach or whatever. And yes, that takes a little bit of time, but a scramble doesn't, it's really, it can be done in five minutes. If you already have cooked meat and you're throwing it in and you're scrambling it, like I do that first thing in the morning before seven o'clock for my kids. So like, it's very easy to do. So just kind of rethink Start with breakfast, set yourself up for success with breakfast. I think the rest of the day kind of falls into place because us as a society, we're so dinner being protein rich makes sense. But I think where we struggle is with breakfast and snacks. So then move forward in a way where you're like, okay, what are what am I doing for snacks? And I have started leaning more towards cheeses. Like my kids eat grass fed cheese. Um, I can't remember the brand, but. I think it's organic valley or something but my kids eat grass-fed cheese sometimes i'll get it from the local farm if it's available too but they eat grass-fed cheese so now that's my pre-dinner like if dinner's if i'm hungry before dinner I, that's my pre-dinner snack is like grass-fed cheese so boom more more protein there um there's a lot of different greek yogurts but i think you know a lot of good brands are doing this like grass-fed really nutrient-rich um, Greek yogurts, and that's really high in protein. So start thinking, okay, how can I bring in some cheese? How can I bring in some grass-fed Greek yogurt? I haven't tried cottage cheese in a long time, but I used to love it. So you saying that, I'm like, oh man, I should see if there's like a, a brand I love that makes cottage cheese. So that's going to be my next thing. But that's kind of how I think about it is like, okay, I'm hungry. It's not a meal time yet. Where, what am I doing for protein? And so it's cheese, it's, it's the yogurt. Uh, protein is not um, protein. Peanut butter is not a, a protein rich source by any means. But if I am kind of lost and I'm not sure what to do, I will take some broccoli or some peanut butter and just like put a little bit of um, broccoli or carrot, sorry, and put a little bit of peanut butter on it. And that's another thing. So instead of reaching for crackers or pretzels or whatever kind of crunchy thing is in the house or even a bar. I will now reach for that. And like I was the bar queen, believe me. But that was when I was, you know, doing more stuff and breastfeeding and I just needed the easy to grab stuff. Um, another thing you can do is double your dinners. So when you're making a dinner recipe, always double it. This is why the big caraway pan is so great because I can double anything in it, whether it's egg roll in a bowl or sloppy joes. We made those last night. 
then that becomes your lunch. So I have a, made a big thing of rice. Where I do really well with rice. Last night, I made a huge thing of rice and I made a double serving of sloppy joes. That is what I'll have for lunch. So now that's another protein rich lunch. I'll maybe have a few chips with it or whatever. But and so I'm still eating the things I love. Dark chocolate, of course. But I'm also like basing that meal around protein. Um, and then dinner is I feel like dinner is really easy for everybody. What I will say, I've been looking at some research recently on protein and how to eat it and when. There is some research that when you eat one big meal, like in terms of muscle glycogen and building muscle, lean muscle and maintaining muscle, especially as you age, your muscles like protein in small bits throughout the day. If you were to eat throughout the day and then just have a protein rich meal at night, that is that is not as good for muscle protein synthesis and also maintaining muscle mass as you age. So. That is the way that most Americans eat, unfortunately, and most Americans are not getting enough protein. And then as they age, they eat less and they eat less of bioavailable protein, which animal meats and animal products are always going to be the bioavailable protein rich sources. Everything else is is inferior to that. And that's not like a political statement. It just is what it is. Right. So unfortunately, we have this kind of epidemic of people aging, eating less, moving less. And then having this, um, you know, eating few and fewer and fewer when it terms to in terms of quality protein intake, eating, you know, fewer quality protein uh, calories. And so that leads to muscle loss. And then maybe if you decide to eat enough protein, you will do it at dinner. And so that doesn't really work for us either. It has to be in these small incremental, you know, whatever meals throughout the day. So keep that in mind. The last few tips I have when you're eating salad, add protein to it. And then if you are working out or lifting, make that post-workout meal count. So I like to do, if you have to have some quick and easy sources, try to get some like sliced turkey or sliced roast beef and have that in your fridge at all times. You can put some guacamole in, in that, put, put your little turkey sliced out, put some guacamole on it, roll it up. Those are like turkey guacamole rolls for me. I do that occasionally for snacks or for lunch. You can, ha again, have that on hand. But then also, if you have some, you can make some sweet potatoes or leftovers in bulk. You can have your, you can add some protein powder to a smoothie. Just make that post-workout meal count so that you're getting 20 to 30 grams of protein in as opposed to just like not really thinking about it. Um, so that's what I'll Day. Hopefully that was enough tips. Obviously, most of the recipes on my website and in our book, Coconuts and Kettlebells, are very protein rich because um, that's what you end up eating when you aren't eating, when you aren't focused on processed, more processed carbohydrates and foods and stuff like that. You've got to fill it in. And so that's my one thing is like uh, everybody says, well, I'm so hungry when I eliminate X or Y or. And so you've just got to be able to fill <laughs> eat four eggs. You've got to be able to like bulk up those other meals with other foods, even if it is unconventional. So other thoughts from you? Nope. That's, uh, that's super great. That's super question. Great. Number two is from Markella Marcella. I'm sorry. I hate saying names wrong. 21. She says, what is a good supplement for severe period cramping in a teenager? Um, it's a really interesting question because we want to talk about supplements, sure. 
but that wouldn't be my first that wouldn't be my first go-to for how to troubleshoot severe period cramping step one for everybody take it seriously it points to something step two don't assume birth control pills are going to help step three if you're on birth control pills consider changing them like these are all really serious questions especially for somebody to be facing as an adolescent getting on birth control pills at an as an adolescent which is extremely common can set people up for a whole boatload of things that are not ideal um, birth control pills are associated with multiple nutrient deficiencies can be disruptive to the gut flora can be disruptive to hormone production over time, can be disruptive to fertility over time. Like there is a lot here. Now I'm not saying like, don't put people on, you know, I'm not saying people can't be on birth control, but I'm saying doing these things is is really, it's uh should be treated really um, cautiously. And I would work with a healthcare practitioner to make sure that um, what you're doing isn't potentially hurting health or covering up something that needs to be addressed. A lot of people end up having acne or cramps as teenagers, which are pretty normal for teenagers, especially those eating in our world today with the nutrient deficiencies we have today. Um, And they get prescribed a pill and that ends up being something that they have to live with for the rest of their lives. Uh, because I, I do know people who have, you know, long-term, not everybody has long-term problematic relationships with, with the pill, but it, it happens. So just be careful. And I'm, I'm saying that not necessarily as a response to this specific question, because you were inquiring about supplements and I will get to it. But, um, when we're talking about adolescence and period pain, like this is just a, a, a huge thing that must, all of us must pay attention to, um, and something that we want to take really seriously, intense period pain. Um, can be indicative of bigger underlying health problems that I would want to get out ahead of. Um, I'm thinking primarily of endometriosis, which is quite common. And I would want to talk to a doctor about that. I would want to talk, I would want to make sure that I find a doctor who takes that seriously because there are many who don't. And there's a really complex conversation on endometriosis about the extent to which it might be related to an autoimmune condition be an autoimmune condition, be related to an autoimmune condition, or just be a deficiency in the immune system. Um, I personally am not settled on where I fall on that, uh, mostly because I am not up to date on the literature. The last I checked in with it was a few years ago. And so I will not uh, weigh in any further on that. Um, And so that's like, that's that. Um, If it's not endometriosis and it's simply quite a heavy period, we're still looking at either A, hormone levels that could be, you know, brought down. We're, we're thinking potentially estrogen dominance um, or a real strong sensitivity to what we might call like a quote unquote normal estrogen level. Like those, those are the options or, all right, sorry, there's another one. Um, an inflammatory immune response in, ba- in, in, in response, you know, in response to, to a normal, um, to a normal estrogen level. Um it doesn't ever hurt to take magnesium, which is necessary for muscles uh, to contract and relax at appropriate rates, like period. Uh, magnesium is super, super important. I'll let Noelle go ahead and talk to you about how to supplement with that if she's going to do that. Um, vitamin D is super important for a healthy Im- immune response and inflammatory response. 
Um, and we always want diets that are high in anti-inflammatory foods and antioxidants and low in potential inflammatory foods. There are a lot of people in the world. Um, I know a lot of people personally who have quite a sensitive reaction to sugar when it comes to how much pain they experience on their periods, which now I'm not going to say that's everybody, but like anecdotally, I don't know why at certain times in their cycle, if they eat it throughout or some people, it's just when it's in the first phase or just in the second phase or just when they're on their periods, if they eat sugar, their inflammatory response is bigger. Uh, and that I think probably has, a you know, that has a lot to do with uh, inflammation and blood sugar and insulin. And, and that's just, that's just kind of how, how that cookie crumbles. And, you know, if you do experience blood sugar swings and high insulin levels, uh, at any point during your cycle, that can also influence your hormone levels because your ovaries do produce testosterone in proportion to the amount of circulating insulin that's in your blood. So if you have uh, higher levels of insulin in your blood, uh, then there's a decent chance that, you know, there's there's a response in your pituitary gland and in your um, reproductive organs. So all of this, I would consider before asking the question of what to do about supplementing. Now, I, I mentioned magnesium. I think sunlight is the best way to get vitamin D if you can. Uh, I do think magnesium is is really high in the list of, of things to try there. Um, there are other like anti-inflammatory herbs that you might want to try or people talk about hormone balancing herbs like Vitex or Chasteberry or those are like the two biggest ones. I think Noel probably knows more of them than I do. I haven't read in that literature extensively for a long time because I haven't um, been producing content on those things in a long time. And I also don't see them as solutions, you know? It hasn't um, changed. Yeah. Okay. You're, st you're still up to date. <laughs> okay. So there's no, there's no good clue to date. <laughs> um, and uh, on a if you're, if the adolescent in question is eating a lot of food, there's a decent chance that they're getting a lot of soy in their diet. If you have unexplained or even occasional digestive issues like myself, or you just want to support your body in the absorption of nutrients, digestive enzymes are your first defense. And I have a 20% off coupon code for you, which I'm very excited about. Even though I eat nutrient dense foods and I don't eat foods I'm reactive to, I still have random digestive issues occasionally, especially when stressed, traveling, or eating out. I ended up doing some research on different enzymes that help digest protein, lactose, and even carbohydrates and wanted something that had hydrochloric acid since stomach acid is often suppressed when we're stressed. I found all of that in something called Digestive Complex. It has a blend of 10 different digestive enzymes, including lactase, to help with dairy digestion and protease for protein digestion, and a blend of herbs like licorice and marshmallow root, which are calming for the stomach. When I tell you this has completely changed my digestion, I am not exaggerating. I take them almost daily now, specifically with cheese, since I'm trying to up my protein intake, and I have zero issues with dairy. And about one to two times a week, I take them at night, just after dinner, if my stomach is a little sour or off, and every single time, it resolves it. I now have a bottle in my purse. It goes everywhere with me. I travel with them and always take them, especially when I'm eating out at restaurants. Digestive Complex is a synergistic formula that provides support for healthy digestion and relief from occasional discomfort like gas, bloating, and indigestion. 
I think just about everyone should have a bottle on hand to proactively help your body digest food, especially if you're dealing with a chronic condition or you're under stress. And for a limited time, you can get 20% off Digestive Complex. Just go to mdlogichealth.com forward slash digestive and use coupon code WELLFED20 for 20% off. Again, that's MD Logic Health. So M D L O G I C H E A L T H dot com forward slash digestive. And use coupon code WELLFED20 for 20% off. And you always get free shipping on orders of $50 or more. Yeah, I think, no, I think that that's all still very relevant. I like your um, addressing the root cause would be my first thing. So if, if I had a child who was experiencing cramps, I would first try to do everything that I could. I, I would assume, maybe assume an estrogen dominance of some sort or just try to support my child's ability to eliminate excess estrogen, remove sources of excess estrogen, and then support the liver's ability to actually eliminate it. So that typically would be the where my mind would go first. So again, checking products, what she's using, cleaning the air, making sure that she's not eating any plastic or out of eating plastic, eating out of plastic. Um, you see your child just eating a tube of plastic. Don't think that that's happening. Eating out of plastic, not reheating anything in plastic, just kind of going over some of those rules or ideas, perhaps, and then really be supporting the liver. So B vitamins, maybe trying to incorporate grass, more grass-fed beef and liver and going, th- you know, cruciferous vegetables, cooking broccoli, trying to incorporate that more, especially around ovulation when estrogen is at its highest. So teaching her about period tracking and and tracking her cycles is number one, trying to figure out, okay, when are these symptoms occurring is number two. And then you can kind of decipher what's maybe what's going on with the root cause here. If that doesn't help, then getting a hormone panel done with a trusted medical provider would be awesome. I think it's just a great baseline to have. You can address any issues that are going on right now and support her body, you know, moving forward. And then what was the last thing? Oh, love your supplement recommendations. Of course, magnesium. Magnesium has been very much researched for PMS symptoms and, in fact, has been researched for cramping. So magnesium works with calcium. Calcium helps contract and magnesium helps release. And that's why magnesium and calcium have to be in balance. So. That's why muscle cramps and period cramps are highly associated with magnesium deficiency. I am coming out. What is this is coming out end of September. I am coming out with a magnesium lysinate glycinate that does not have L-theanine in it. And that should be out hopefully in October. That's what I would give your child because um, I'm assuming that your teenager is 12 or older. That's what I would start with because I, this is, I don't think children need L-theanine unless they have You know, there has been some research on ADHD and all that kind of stuff, how it improves that. But for me in particular, I think um, I would just go with a straight magnesium lysinate glycinate for that. That would be that's the form that would be best for relaxation. So definitely get her on a magnesium supplement. And then um, the only thing really in terms of adaptogens, Vitex or Chaseberry is is kind of the leading one. Organifi has a harmony blend and it has, I think it's a really, this might be a nice way for a younger child to take it. It is like a cocoa kind of chocolate drink. 
I mean, it's great for anyone. I, I love the idea of kind of like doing a little nightcap at night and it's it's tasty, but it has it's called Harmony for Healthy Hormones. That's what I would try first and just seeing if she can drink that at night. If you decide, you know, that's the direction that you want. If you want to try adaptogens, of course, make sure you talk with a trusted medical practitioner first. But I do think that that um, it's known to ease the symptoms of PMS. So that's where I would go next supplement wise. Okay, let's look at the last question and then we'll save the fourth question for um, next week. So the last question is from Danny Zagummy Murdoch. She says, what are some ways to relax while trying to conceive instead of stressing about it? And I kind of feel like this is a rough question, but all of us at some point or another have been in a waiting period, which is sort of like Stephanie. Um, so what what are some ways that you you relax, but all in other words, deal with the mental stress load of being in a waiting period of not knowing how things are going to go, mm. how things are going to pan out? Like, how do you deal? You know, it's, it's, uh, thank you for asking. I was just going to be like, oh yeah, you like, go ahead. Like, um, and, and, and I, I do want to foreground your response to this and I'm, I'm very interested in it. I, it's funny because yesterday I was, uh, describing to somebody this, uh, email that I had received and how it has added a layer of uncertainty to what might be next for me. And they, they expressed like some kind of admiration for me just kind of going with the flow and not knowing what's next. Um, and I was like, cool, I, I guess. I mean, I don't really see, really see an alternative. Um, and that's the thing, you know, there's that, that beautiful prayer about, um, being able to know what's in your control and not in your control. Right. And, I am very intentional about doing what I can about what I can and actually quite good at, I, I, I know that, you know, I don't always seem it, but quite good at, at letting, at letting things be when they're completely out of, out of my control. And so, you know, when it comes to conception, I would imagine like so many things, I approach them in a, in a very systematic manner. I take a step back. I say, okay, like there's a goal here here are the statistics and the reasonable expectations for this kind of goal. Given my relationship with it, I need to understand myself. I need to understand the goal. I need to have like reasonable expectations or hopes. Um, and I do all that stuff. And then I know that I have done my best or the appropriate thing. And the rest, I literally, you know, if if I were a full-on secularist, and had no faith, I'd just be like, well, it's going to, it's either going to happen or it's not. It's out of my hands. Um, I prefer, I think it's quite good for me to have some kind of element of trust in God or a higher power or however you want to conceptualize it. Like in the sense of when I walk through something, I don't say it's going to turn out this way. I know it's going to turn out this way. Nah, uh-uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've moved now almost like I've I've moved so many like um my trust is never it's going to turn out this way my trust is 
my story is going to unfold really beautifully and I'm going to be able to love myself and others through it. And in fact, when I go through challenge in my story, it is an opportunity for me to learn how to love better and for me to learn how to expand my heart and my soul. We do not grow without adversity, period. And in fact, if we didn't have adversity, we would get weaker. Also, period. It's like a muscle. The ability to deal with the uncertain is is a mental, emotional muscle like any other. And like adding weight when you weight train, it's the same exact thing in sitting with uncertainty or dealing with any kind of stress. I also have been doing a lot of thinking about stories. And maybe I said this recently because it's been so important to me recently, but like I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a writer. I write for a living and every good story has narrative tension and waiting and things are better when you have to wait for them. And I know that that sucks, but that's true. And sometimes the thing that you're waiting for is totally different than what you had expected. And all I can say about that is there is beauty to be found in every turn of our stories. And it's up to us to turn towards it and hold it and honor it and learn to love it. And again, sometimes the things that happen are unexpected, but I try to view those as an opportunity to learn how to like expand myself and my capacities to, you know, be in, in, in ways that I hadn't expected and that maybe I'm called to and just didn't know yet. So holding all of that space, like, yeah, you might end up with like your desired outcome and your desired timeline and maybe you won't. (laughs) And for me, like I, that is the only healthy way for me to walk through any moment of uncertainty. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I just like, while you're talking, I was just kind of thinking back to all the moments of uncertainty in my life, starting from where, you know, what should I do? How should I make this big decision on where I should go to college? Like, how am I going to pay for that? Um, You know, where, like, wanting a job so desperately and then not getting it out of college and having to move back home and then getting a call and you're moving here and then all you know oh my gosh I met Ken and so it's like all like if there's one thing that is certain you're going to experience uncertainty and I don't necessarily think the uncertainty or the waiting period of am I going to get pregnant is much different than any other point of uncertainty other than there is a lot of it's hard. You do feel lonely. It is hard to deal when you see, like, it's always in your face. It's always in your face. So I think taking all of what Stephanie said into account, understanding, you know, understanding hope and putting your trust and really, you know, for me in particular, it's okay. How do I, how do I wrestle with this? Oh, I want it this way, but God may want it a different way. So being able to just accept and trust and move through that process and not lean on yourself or your own understanding, right? Um, That's been super helpful, helpful for me. But we did go through a period where I had a miscarriage before Stella, and then it was quite a bit. It was probably a year. And I think probably the thing that helped the most was just not being on social media as much. So because we have this lens that we get to look into everybody's highlight reels, we don't see the struggles beforehand and we don't see the people in waiting. And if you need to stop following your BFFs because 
it's a little bit triggering for you, that's fine. And I think we just need to be more sensitive to the things that might make us feel less than or disappointed or get wrapped up in this, like, why isn't it happening right now? And you can absolutely have those feelings, not to say that you can't wrestle with that. And even if you're you know, a believer, you can like bring that to God, like bring cast your cares. That's okay. You can have your feelings, but there's just no need to put that kind of stuff in your face if you're if you know that it's a trigger for you. So, I would be really intentional with how you're engaging and interacting with social media because typically, you know, it is it, we're 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 at this point in life where a lot of other people are and somebody's always pregnant. Just it is what it is. Somebody's always making an announcement. Um and that can be hard. But other than that, I I just think you've got to keep busy. I was going to say distraction, which is not <laughs> the best route, but that's what I would do. I would basically be distracting myself. Um, you know, we always tried to keep busy and keep things exciting. So like plan a trip, do all the things that you want to do, because let me tell you, it gets a lot harder. So like do the trips, have some fun things that you're planning even if it's like you going into the city that you live close to and doing a night there. And if you can go to, you know, somewhere that you've always wanted to go, have these big things, these big moments on the calendar that you're planning, that you're excited about, and that that keeps you busy. Get involved, volunteer, you know, volunteer at, at, in your nursery, the church nursery or, you know, whatever. Some, so you can work with kids a little bit more, you know, serve at a soup kitchen, do something that gets you, your mind off of you and your situation in your timeline and gets you involved and serving and doing other things so that you can recognize your value um, and also recognize all that you, all the wonderful things that you have in your life. Um, and you have a lot to be excited about, you know, like keep your mind on that. And I do think that that will help take your mind off of that. Like we can just get so internal sometimes. And I am so the worst at this. <laughs> I'm the worst at this. Like it just feels like we are the center of our worlds. But when you get out of your own world, sometimes it's a shock. It's like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? Like sometimes I feel like I wake up out of a sleep because I get so focused on the stress that I'm feeling and our busy schedules and the really annoying, like I'm in pain right now and this hurts. And like, I don't like this. And nobody's going through what I'm going through. Like, why am I the one in chronic pain? Right. But then you kind of like take a step out and you're like, wow, like (laughs) there's so many other things going on in the world. And so many other people are struggling with other things too. And like, I just got to keep moving forward and doing the things. Um, and keeping myself busy and or distracted, but also finding my value and my worth and in doing the things that I love and I know that I'm good at too. So does that answer the question? (laughs) Yeah, I thought that that was, um, that's really good. Like, you know, some, some real strategies. It also was really helpful for me to like, know that I know that I have options and, and, and what my options are, you know, to explore them a little bit if I don't get my desired outcomes. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and that, I mean, that goes for me personally, thinking about uh, children. You know, I, I think I have a lot of ideas about what I could do in my life with respect to that question and have thought about them enough that, you know, I have a few options that I like instead of, um, 
you know, and, 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 uh, and this applies to like timelines and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff, how things happen. So it, it does. Um, I think sometimes a lot of people don't want to think about the future because there are options that are scary, but when you yeah. think about the future and you explore, like you can explore how to make them not scary <laughs> or, you know, find a bunch of alternatives. And so that way, um, you can pivot if, if unexpected things happen, you know? Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times, and I think that we just have to remember that, like a lot of the times we, the, the thing that we think would be the worst is actually what ends up being the best for us. And also like exactly, you know, you can, hindsight that literally happened to me this month. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Like you can look back and say, wow, we really didn't want it to happen that way. And it did. And it was great. It was even better than we thought. So you also have to just keep reminding yourself of that, that sometimes when we're looking forward and we think we know the way that it should work out and the way that would be the best is not not correct. You're not you're not right. So, yeah, we don't know everything. Nope. That has been my life lesson over the last many decades. So anyway, anything else from you before we hop off? Thank you, Stephanie Ruper, live from Durham. For more from her, you can go to stephanie.ruper on Instagram, but she's not really there. Hopefully she'll come back at some point, but you can follow her. For more from me at coconutsandkettlebells.com. Thanks for being here, guys. We will talk to you next week.